Welcome to a Sunny Side Up Life podcast, a show for the woman who is ready to live an abundant life full of freedom and positivity. I'm your host, Sammy Womack, a nationally recognized money expert, budgeting coach, and your very own hype squad. I'm on a mission to help you break free from survival mode, gain financial freedom, stay motivated, and focus on what matters most. Join the movement and let's start living on the brighter side of life together. So I'm a budgeting coach and every day I help real people set up their real budgets. And in order to do this successfully, I designed a one of a kind budgeting system for everyone. The digital budgeting system is a set of digital worksheets that are perfect for any and every family's budgeting needs from beginners to pros. If you want an automated, color coordinated, simplified and gorgeous way to organize your money, then you're in the right place. This is a simple six tab spreadsheet system hosted through Google Sheets full of formulas and shortcuts to make your budgeting life easier, as well as a how-to video to help you get it all set up. The best part, it's only 20 bucks. Visit asunnysideuplife.com slash budgeting or find the direct link in the show notes to get yours today. Hey everyone and welcome back to another great interview. Today I am joined by Janice Torres Rodriguez. She is a nationally acclaimed Latina money expert, educator, speaker, writer, and business coach. She became an accidental entrepreneur after a job loss led her to create a successful Latin food blog called Delish Delights. Now she helps her clients and listeners build successful online businesses that allow them to pursue financial independence and freedom. Janice has been featured in CNBC, NPR, BuzzFeed, Business Insider, and more. Janice is on a mission to educate marginalized communities on topics like entrepreneurship, investing, and building generational wealth through her personal finance podcast, Yo Quiero Dinero. I personally love following Janice on social media, and I can't wait for you guys to get to know her a little bit better. Let's jump into the interview. All right, welcome. I am so excited to talk to you. You have been on my must interview list for a very long time. So welcome. Thank you. Yeah. So excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah. So let's just jump right in with you giving us a little bit of a background of who you are and about your brand and all that. Yes. So my name is Janice. I am now an almost 10-year entrepreneurial veteran in this online world of content creation. So I started my journey into entrepreneurship in 2013. I was working in corporate as an engineer, and I was just really in a funk. I couldn't pinpoint why, but I just felt like I wasn't doing the thing that I was meant to do. And I needed something else besides like my corporate identity and my career. And so I started a food blog. I thought back to, you know, what are the things that I like to do outside of work? What are the things that bring me happiness and joy? And it was being in the kitchen. I mean, I've been doing it since I was a kid. And so when I thought about, you know, what would my ideal life look like? It would be cooking food, sharing recipes, being a location independent was a big thing for me because, you know, I think when people think of a career in food, they think of working in a restaurant in like 16 hour days. That for me was like never going to be my (laughs) destiny. So I'm like, how can I do this in a way that I can like reach people, work from home and do what I love? And I found the world of food blogging because I realized I had been a consumer of blogs for a while. I was always going on the internet looking for inspiration for recipes. And so I started dabbling in that. Uh, A couple years into it, I actually started to make money. 
And I began to understand like this whole world of passive income, of online entrepreneurship, and all the different ways that you can use your talents, your skills to make money. That journey led me to the world of podcasting, where I started listening to a lot of podcasts around personal finance and entrepreneurship, found out about financial independence. I was like, why the hell isn't anyone talking yeah. about this? And so a couple of years into becoming a consumer for podcasts, I decided to start my own, especially because as a Latina, I wasn't hearing these conversations in my community. Right. And so in 2019, I founded my podcast, Yo Quiero Dinero, which now is my full-time job. And so I have found now on two occasions that following your passions can actually lead to making money, which, you know, I think a lot of people still haven't bought into the idea, but I'm here to demystify this idea that like you can't make money also doing something that you love. Yeah. And, and I think we hear that a lot. It's like the kind of artist side of the, you know, spectrum. And I think food goes along with that. It's an artistry and it's like, well, if you enjoy your work, you're probably not going to make a lot of money out. (laughs) And we just, we, there's this stigma and especially if, you know, I grew up with the same conversations of, well, you know, if you have like a passion, if you love your job, you're probably going to be poor. (laughs) How toxic is that narrative, right? Just this idea that we walk into the workplace and we're supposed to hate it. Like that's how you know you're doing it right. Yeah. That's, that's terrible. Yes. And I still have, there's still that kind of narrative in my family. And I come from a long line of serial entrepreneurs. How and funny. Still my, my mother and my, my grandfather, they are in a business together and they both love what they do actually. But if you ask them, you know, the night before they have to go to work, Oh, I have to go to work tomorrow. We're like, <laughs> but I know that you like your job. So it's just like a, I don't know, like a default that you have to kind of have a grudge against your work for some reason, or you're not doing it right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm a big proponent of like, it, life does not have to be like, I love my job. I, I really mm. do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, lo- I love it is that. possible. Yes. Yes. So, okay. So you have the food blog and now, you know, Cara De Niro is like, so, I mean, you have blew up your podcast, your social media platforms. So how do you kind of balance doing both because that's a lot yeah yeah so this is the thing that I love talking about because I'm actually not currently blogging so I have the blog but I haven't actively created new content for it since 2020 but even still two years later the blog makes six figures in passive income literally without me doing anything with Google's algorithm feeding traffic to it and me monetizing it passively with ads. So I spent, you know, seven years getting it to a point where that was a realistic possibility. And now I get to enjoy the fruits of my labor and work on this new project without having to quote unquote balance it all because this thing is kind of just running in the background. Wow. That is amazing. And that that's a true testament to like, it really is possible. I think that we, we see so many of these like passive income things on social media and it feels very much like a scam. You're like, wait, so you're telling us that this is kind of, this is, this is real. And I love that. That's so awesome. That's the thing about passive income that I think most people don't understand. Yes, there will absolutely be that initial work that you have to do in the beginning to create those processes, to create whatever it is, you know, you can do it with 
stock investments, you can do it with real estate investments, you can do it with uh, online businesses, but there's going to be a lot of upfront work that has to happen for it to eventually become passive. It's not like you turn on a switch and it just automatically happens. And that's, I think, what people miss. Yes. I think a lot of people have this like get rich quick kind of mentality with like the online world. I'm going to start an online business. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, for personal experience with my business, it was, I was reaching the five-year mark before I actually made a real profit, like something worth, you know, really counting. And I mean, that's just the reality of it a lot of times, but now that was the same for me. Yeah. But for now, now it's like, oh, you're an overnight success. (laughs) Um, Seven years in the making. Sure. Right. People don't see the early days, the hard days, the stuff going on behind the scenes, all the investments of time and energy and money that go into what now looks like an overnight success. Right. Yeah. So as far as like the blogging world, do you feel like, and I know that we're kind of like, we are really shifting into more of a video podcasting kind of format do you feel like the ship has kind of sailed on blogs or do you feel like it is still if someone hasn't started yet is that still a good place to kind of put all their eggs and kind of invest in that So I'm not a proponent of putting all of your eggs in one basket, period, right? As a business owner, I think it's really important to have like a multi-pronged approach on how you market yourself. So uh, what I think is important is for folks to have that core anchor piece of content, which should be a long form version of content, whether that is a podcast, a YouTube channel, or a blog. Those are all really great ways to like center your audience around something that is yours that you own. Uh, On top of that, you know, using social media, using email marketing, using different methods to grow your audience and different platforms, I think is really important. But blogging is absolutely not dead. I think that's one of the biggest myths that people have. It's like, oh, well, there's no point because nobody reads blogs. And I'm like, "Um, do you know how many people like do Google searches on a given day? Like if Google disappears, then maybe blogging's dead. (laughs) But I don't see that happening. Uh, anytime soon. And from a searchability standpoint, there is nothing more powerful than search engine optimization for your business. Mm -hmm. Like just being on social is not going to allow you to be discoverable by the Google algorithm. And at the end of the day, brands, companies that are looking to partner with folks, people who are looking for influencers, who are looking for businesses to partner with, they go to google.com. They don't go to TikTok. They might go to TikTok for like initial inspiration of like what's out there. But when yeah. they want to go and find out about you and your backstory and your, you know, bio, like where's that going to be housed? You can't house that on TikTok. Right. So it's important to have a place that's sort of like your digital headquarters. And that's what a blog represents. I love that. And it's so true because you think about, hey, as soon as you're you're sick and you need to like Google something or as soon as you need a recipe and you Google something like that's the first place you go. How, right. what, how do I make such and such recipe? How, what's a home cure for whatever, you know, and that's the first thing that we do. It, yeah. Right. I mean, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So let's, let's kind of switch gears. Let's talk a little bit more about your financial journey, kind of how all this timeline kind of played together and how you kind of moved into the personal finance influencer space. Walk us through that a little bit. 
Yeah. So um, if you're like most of us, you didn't learn shit about money growing up. And Thanks. so, you know, I found myself getting my degree because my parents told me to do it, going into corporate because my parents told me to do it, getting the six figure job, buying the house, all because it was like on this checklist of things that adults do. But there was no like, okay, what else do we do besides just like buy shit and like work? Mm-hmm. And I just, there was something that I guess didn't sit well with me about just the American consumerism of just like, we just acquire and make more money and continue to acquire. And we're like, always going to be living paycheck to paycheck. So I started questioning that narrative around the age of 30 after I bought a house. And I was like, I hate this. I don't even know why I did this. I'm broke all the time. There's always something to fix. I am not like a handy person at all. I'd never stepped foot into Home Depot until buying a freaking house. And I'm like, why did I sign up for this shit? And then I really started to have to reflect on like, a lot of what I was doing with my money was because of stuff that other people projected on me and not because I actually like sat down and thought about what would my life look like if I had, if money wasn't a factor. And so I started to Google things like, (laughs) how do you quit your job? Yeah. How do you start over? And I found out about the financial independence movement. And there was this world that opened up to me where these people were like bucking the system. And they said, we're not going to follow this traditional like capitalist, consumerist, just buy, buy, buy and spend, spend, spend for the sake of showing, quote unquote, that you're successful and that you've made it in the American dream, blah, blah, blah. Like, what if I live a more simple life, spend less money, learn for ways to diversify my income and buy myself out of this corporate rat race that I hate? And so I started taking those intentional steps. The first step for me was to get real about my situation. I w- had just bought a house. I was in you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt with that, plus student loan debt, plus credit card debt. And I knew something had to give. So I made a couple of kind of drastic decisions within like a two-year time span. I decided I was going to move from New Jersey to Florida to reduce my cost of living. I decided that I was going to sell that house that I had just bought, even though I was going to lose money because, you know, yeah, you have to kind of hold on to a house at least five to seven years to even like break even with the cost of buying. And I said, I'm going to try to transfer my job with my employer in New Jersey to Florida because I knew they had a location out there. So I was working all this stuff in the background, was able to orchestrate a move that's allowed me to move to Florida, keep my salary from the Northeast, which was really going to go far in order to help me start to pay my bills um, faster. And I started really like doubling down on my food blog side hustle. So by that time, we're talking about 2018. So I've been doing it for five years. I think 2018, I made like an extra $25,000 with my food blog, you know, in addition to my six figure income. So I said, instead of like using that money on crap and like it disappearing and I have no idea what happened to it, I started throwing all of that extra side hustle money at my student loans with the goal to become debt free by 2020. And I hit that mark like two weeks before the pandemic hit. Oh, man. Student loans were paid off. The house was sold. I was completely like clean on the on the books for what was next. And then with all of that extra money that I had been making from continuing to grow my side hustles um, and getting rid of the debt of the house, I was able to start piling money into the stock market. And so from 2017, you know, being in 400 plus thousand dollars of debt, I found myself by the end of 2020 having reached like $300,000 net worth because of making those drastic shifts. And so 
you know, it took, it took, um, experiencing the power of money for yeah. me to then want to show up in this place and be like, y'all, we could be doing something different. <laughs> Let me show you how. And that's yeah, how I got into the personal finance space. I love that. That's, it's very similar to my story as well. I kind of like, I started it started making changes in my life. And I wanted to just shout it from the rooftops. You guys, you don't have to live in survival mode. There is another way. And I was just so excited about it that I couldn't keep it to myself. I didn't really plan on turning it into a business necessarily at first. I was just like, I have to tell somebody I'm so excited. This really works. (laughs) And then it just kind of grew from there. Um, But also what you said that kind of resonated with me about Sometimes you kind of just have to cut your losses as far as like your house situation. We kind of had to do the same thing when we were just like, our house was way too big. It was way too expensive. The upkeep was way too much. And we just, we sold our house and we started renting and -hmm. people will tell you, oh, don't rent little, you're throwing money away. It was the best financial decision we ever made. We rented for five years. Almost we rented a very, very tiny house. Probably it cost maybe 40% of what we were paying for our mortgage. Very small, very minimalist, very cheap. And we caught up on retirement. Now my husband's on track to retire at 50. I mean, just like four and a half years of living in a two bedroom house with three kids. And honestly, they, those were some of the best years of our entire lives. I, those I mean, short-term sacrifices will make such a big difference, yeah. but it's also like just really getting clear on what you want out of your life will make those decisions so easy to make. Yeah. And, and really just pausing and being like, what do I really want out of life? Not what are people telling me I want? Cause people told us, Oh, you go want the big house. You have three kids. You should want a big house. You <laughs> should, you know, you should be buying a house, not renting. And we, we kind of just paused and we were like, no, but like, what do we really want? Like long-term, mm-hmm. what do we want our life to look like? And I think that's where everything changed. And yeah. we just, yeah. And I, I love that. And I love interviewing people and kind of hearing the same thing from people like all different stories, but still that same common theme of I stopped doing what everybody else told me to do. (laughs) (laughs) Funny how that works, right? Yeah. Stop listening to all the shitty advice out there. Exactly. It's especially people that are also unhappy with their lives and happy with their jobs. They're buried in debt. They have no financial control you're like, why are you asking them for advice anyway? <laughs> you know? Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yes. So what, what do you think really made your brand kind of successful in the personal finance space? Because your brand has just grown tremendously. Why do you think that is? Yeah. Well, one thing that I will always tell folks when they're thinking about how to show up in a space that is quote unquote oversaturated, right? Mm-hmm. Because then you could assume that there's so many people, right? (laughs) You you would assume that of the personal finance space as well as the food blogging space. But what I have found is that leaning into what makes you unique is the way to go. And so I've always led in entrepreneurship with my Latina identity because Mm -hmm. it was not represented. It's still not majorly represented, whether that's in the food space, right? There's like no major like Latina food personalities who are like on TV, you know, like um, the, the, in the same caliber as like, you know, Emeril Lagasse or, uh, you know, super famous chefs. 
Uh, and it's the same with personal finance, right? Like the reason why I started my platform is because I could not find the voice of Latinas in this conversation. I'm like, wait a minute, we are dealing with money. Yeah. There's a whole lot of us out here who don't know what the hell to do. And we don't know who to talk to because we don't see ourselves represented. Yeah. And so if you find that voice that is missing, be that voice. You know, and, and your identity can be the niche. It doesn't have to be any more complicated than that. If you're a person from a marginalized community, chances are you're not being represented adequately. So just yeah. show up as that version. And I think it was that and also kind of the perfect storm of my brand really blowing up during the pandemic too, where people were just like locked at home looking for mm -hmm. community, looking for ways to connect, looking for a reassuring voice. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of people who were just gravitating towards social media and to podcasts in order to do that. So it, it, I call it a little bit of luck, a little bit of divine timing and a lot of just showing up in a way that others were not. I love that. Yeah. And, and that's really the content that I consume, you know, as a personal finance influencer, it's more of just like, I take inspiration from other people. You know, I, they, other people motivate me. I see, oh, she's doing it. I can do it too. You know, and I gravitate most towards people who I feel like are authentic, who show up authentically. They're like, this is who I am. And I love that. And I love, you know, just people that are being real because you can tell people who are just <laughs> like, oh no, this is just who I, and you're like, you're very bland. I don't, yes. <laughs> I don't really. The Hollywood production stuff. It's not like, I think people are over the perfect aesthetic curated, yeah. you know, teleprompter version of people. Like we're over yeah. it. We want to say like, who are you as an actual human? Yeah. Like, what are your actual beliefs? What are your values? Like, are you just really about the fluff or are you really about like showing up, standing up for what you believe in, being unapologetic about it and like saying, well, if you don't fucking like it, not my problem. Yeah. Uh, because that's what we want to connect with at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's that saying that like a friend to everyone is a friend to no one. And I, right. I kind of, yeah, I have to remind myself that because my people pleasing is like, no, <laughs> I just want everyone to get along. I can see it from everyone's perspective. And then I'm like, wait, no, no, nobody <laughs> wants, that's not helpful to anyone. Tell people yeah. your truth. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So when you're kind of putting out your content, what do you want the number one thing to be for people to take away from your content? Yeah. I think for me, it's absolutely like knowing that whatever you want to create is possible. You know, I think there is, especially as women, we are mm -hmm. told to just stay so small and to just be grateful and to just like not rock the boat and don't get loud and don't use your voice and don't ask for more. And that's not serving any of us. And so I really hope that when folks interact with my content, it inspires them to just that you have permission to ask and create and demand whatever it is that you want out of your life, whether that is a better paying job, whether that is your own business, whether that is generational wealth, we don't have to settle for scraps anymore. Uh, we live in a time where we have more access to information and community than ever before. And it's up to us to harness that. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I always tell people, no one is coming to save us, right? Yes, it's important to be politically involved. It is important to vote. It is important to demand better from our systems, our government, our representatives. But if y'all are going to wait for them to figure this out, we're going to be waiting a long time. 
So yeah. taking back your power, taking control into your own hands and, and not letting the narratives of what you've been told that you deserve or that you should want be the thing that dictates you. That's what I want. I want people to start challenging the status quo. Yeah. I love that. That's exactly why I enjoy following you. So I, I love that <laughs> answer. Yes. So mainly your content is kind of geared towards Latinx folks, you know, so what are kind of some of the challenges that you see all the Latinx community facing in personal finance specifically that maybe other groups of people aren't? Yeah. Well, there's a couple of um, issues I think that stand out for me. First, it's there's a lot of cultural trauma around money. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of folks in our community who grow up in poverty or who come from families who escaped poverty or, you know, political violence. And there's all types of stuff going on, you know, in, in our community. But there's a lot of collective trauma that has to be addressed from an individual level and also on a community level if we're going to make progress because, you know, unlearning a lot of those toxic narratives that we have around money, about it being scarce, about being hard to get, about having to hustle and work all the yeah. time. And if you're not working all the time, you're you're lazy and you're never going to get anywhere. And if you stop moving for two seconds, you're going to lose it all, right? That can literally just put you in perpetual survival mode and okay. burnout and exhaustion and mental health issues. All of those things will manifest themselves. And we see that a lot with especially like first generation kids who are basically trying to make up for all of the lost time, the sacrifices for their families that, you know, they're overachievers. They're like looking to be saviors. And it's like, y'all, we can't do this alone. Okay. Mm -hmm. You're not going to single-handedly change like generations of trauma, but you can be part of making that happen. Um, so there's definitely the mindset aspect of it. But then there's also like the systemic issues at play, right? Like Latinas are paid 55 cents to a white man's dollar. So we're yeah. basically trying to do the American dream on half of the budget. Yes. How the hell is that going to work, right? No. It's not going to work. Uh, so I'm really about reclaiming your earning power more than anything, right? This There's a lot of personal finance advice around like budgeting and saving and frugality and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's all valuable, but we are already good at that. We right. had to get good at that. As a community that is just like perpetually existing in scarcity, we're really freaking good at frugality, but frugality right. doesn't make you wealthy, okay? It's about earning more. It's about advocating for yourself to get that raise. It's about not accepting abuse from employers or from, you know, toxic relationships or the patriarchy. Like there is more that needs to be done as far as like us just not settling for what is and claiming, reclaiming what we rightly deserve. And so I'm really about economic activism, if you will, like using money to change the world, not only for yourself, but also for your community. Yes. Oh man, that's so powerful and so important. And I've, I've seen that firsthand with my coaching clients that I work with. And it's just, it's really kind of overcoming that, like you said, that scarcity, that money trauma, that, you know, I don't know, my, my parents didn't teach me. I don't, you know, and, um, I've had a couple of clients stories kind of popped into my head and, you know, also what I've seen personally as a coach is the kind of challenge of also sending money home a lot mm. or sending money yeah. to parents 
siblings, um, a client of mine, first generation Latina, um, and she is, you know, college, first college graduate, all the things and the challenge of her already small salary, she's sending a significant amount of money home. Yeah. And to help her siblings kind of get out of it. And that's a huge challenge too. And it's just like, man. Yeah. Wow. We're trying to juggle so many different balls and some of them are going to drop, unfortunately. And, you know, when we're in these, a lot of us are in these situations where not only are we trying to help family that's back home, but maybe we have elderly parents who are like nearing retirement. And it's like, how the hell am I supposed to save for retirement? Help them, help the cousins. I'm going to die like trying to do all this stuff. And I really want folks to know, like, at the end of the day, you have to ensure your own financial Mm -hmm. security first. It can feel selfish, but I promise you, you will be of no service to anyone if you're the one that ends up having to be rescued. Right. So put on the oxygen mask. Yes. Oh, man. Yes. And she also, this client specifically that I'm thinking of, she also was like, tell me all the things so I can tell my siblings. And like, teach me all the things so I can teach the younger siblings. And I love, I love getting to selfishly, like be a a puzzle piece of that and getting to know that you're helping generations of people learn about this, you know, and that's just, that's incredible. And yeah, right. I love, I love, it's such a rewarding career path to get to know that like, you're really helping people overcome generations of financial trauma and just, you know, grow that education. Mm -hmm. And speaking of that, so you got a book deal, correct? Yes. Can you tell us any more about that? The process, any, yes. Anything you can share with us? Absolutely. So again, another first, I'm going to be the first in my family to have a traditionally published book, which is just like wild. And for uh, Latina authors, that's almost unheard of. I think like one or 2% of Latina authors are like published by traditional publishers. So it's like nuts. The number is insane. But I think, you know, there's a collective demand from society that like we need more diversity in all spaces and that includes the book publishing world. So I have seen that book publishers are actively seeking voices who have been underrepresented in very, you know, white male dominated spaces like personal finance. And so I started the process by working with a book proposal coach and we worked together for about three months, putting together what the proposal would look like. And uh, she connected me with an agent. The agent shopped it around to publishers. And this all happened in like a four-month process. Like from when I started working with her to securing the book deal, she said like I'm the, the, I'm the client who got a book deal fastest, which I'm just like, again – I think it's just because the messaging is so clear. Like there's no confusion about what I'm trying to do. And so it was not a difficult process for me to like convey that message to a publisher. So now I'm in the manuscript writing phase Um, that will be complete mid next year. And then the book should be coming out in the first quarter of 2024. And it's going to be a personal finance book specifically geared towards the Latin X community, uh, which really doesn't exist. You know, I was part of this process was like doing market research about like who my competitors would be. And I'm like, there are none, but okay. (laughs) You're setting the bar high though. 
for anybody <laughs> it's like that we comes gotta pave the you. path. Yeah, yeah, that is incredible. It's very exciting. And as someone who, I mean, writing a book is like bucket list. That is gold <laughs> right there. So congratulations. That's incredible. I can't wait to read it and see the response. And, you know, there's just the people that that's going to reach. That's incredible. No pressure. I'm really excited. No pressure. Yeah, no. <laughs> It'll be great. It'll be awesome. Yeah. So as my last question, I like to ask every guest to kind of encourage people to break free from that hustle culture that like everything you do has to turn a profit. What is something that you would like to share with us that you love to do that doesn't necessarily bring you a profit that you do just that brings you joy? Yeah, I absolutely love traveling. And I did think about, you know, in the beginning when I was still blogging actively of like turning into a travel blogger and I quickly realized if I do this, I will no longer enjoy this. Mm -hmm. It will be all about capturing the right moments and like it won't even be about what the point is, which is like disconnecting and and slowing down and getting back in tune with yourself and with nature and really just appreciating how freaking small we are on this planet. Mm -hmm. And so I said, I will never make money off of travel. It's just not necessary. It's the thing that I use as self-care. And so I am perfectly fine with just spending a shitload of money on travel and not making a dime out of it. I love that. Yeah, (laughs) that's incredible. And I just feel like we, we hear this narrative of like, turn it into a side hustle, turn it into something that's okay. You know, like you said about your food blog and all that, sometimes that's okay, but you have to kind of keep at least one or two things kind of sacred for yourself. And otherwise I feel like you just can't show up as your best self for all your profit making. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. If you're, you don't give yourself enough time to rest, you are just going to burn out and do everything that your business requires half-assed. Yes. And then what's the point? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you so much for sharing. Can you tell us a little bit more about some resources or where people can find you and all of that? Absolutely. So you can find me all across social media at Yo Quiero Dinero podcast. You can find the podcast Yo Quiero Dinero wherever you're listening to this one. And if you want to find out more about my food blog, it's Delish Delights. That's D-L-I-T-E-S dot com. And uh, yeah, come and hang out. Come and join the the movement to get poderosa with your money, which means to get powerful with your I money. I love that. I love that. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for taking the time to share with us. We really appreciate it. And it was really great talking to you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for hanging out for another episode of a Sunny Side Up Life podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend and leave a review. Five-star reviews are what help the podcast grow. Don't forget to check out the episode show notes for links to everything that we talked about today, as well as tons of free resources to help you on your financial independence journey, like my monthly newsletter, budgeting challenges, fun downloads, and more. Head over to asunnysideuplife.com to get started. And if you want to keep up with me in the day-to-day, don't forget to follow me on social media at a sunny side up life. Well, that's all for me this week. Bye guys.